Hello everyone, this is Kathy with Good News Today. And today I want to share a letter. Uh, a friend of mine sent this to me. She was very touched by this letter and it, because it was so real and it was so raw with emotion and feelings. Uh, it's an open letter to the families of my coronavirus ICU patients. And this was written by a nurse. Um, so I'd like to share it with you. Sit back. It's a little long, but... It really explains uh, how she feels and what life is really like for her in a New York hospital. My heart always gives a little jolt when I see someone younger than I am lying in the bed. Oh no, death isn't stopping for this one, I mutter, thinking about that Emily Dickinson poem. That's not happening on my shift. In fact, death, I'm going to scratch and claw your eyes out. You have been warned. No one is kindly stopping for anyone, not if I can help it. But the truth is often I cannot stop people from dying. This novel coronavirus sweeping over our communities is deceitful, baffling, and seemingly all-powerful. There are no real clues why young, healthy people are suddenly in my care, fighting for their lives. I am usually an OR nurse, but I've been thrust back into the hot zone at a New York City area hospital because I worked in critical care two decades ago. I'm a little upset at being abruptly transferred into the ICU with little warning and no refresher training. The most seasoned intensive care unit nurses have difficulty coping in a situation like this, not that we've faced one in recent memory, but this virus isn't giving us a choice. Normally in an ICU, We've had four or five nurses staffing 10 or 11 patients. Now it's just two of us. I must start giving all my patients their medications three hours before they are due to be administered because I know by the time I reach the last patient in my care, their meds will be an hour past due. As quickly as I am moving, I scan all the patients' faces, looking for telltale signs of pain or discomfort. These tell me to increase the sedatives they're getting so they can stay comfortable. I cringe when I see the media portray us as heroes. If anything, I'm the anti-hero. I bitch and I complain about the unfairness, my having to take a full patient load because I often feel inadequate and completely out of my depth. I unleash my full outage on next shift of nurses to arrive. I wanna read that again. I unleash my full outrage on the next shift of nurses to arrive who just as busy as I am, keep me waiting 40 minutes to give my report. I just worked 12 hours without urinating. I wanna be out of there. I'm appreciative of all the food people in our community are donating, but the last thing my size 14, 16 hips need is another roast beef sandwich. I'd sleep easier at night if it was going to be a food pantry instead. The bottom line is that I'm not some angelic martyr. I'm a deeply flawed human being grumbling about the injustices of the universe. I prefer dogs to people any day of the week. I practice self-quarantining before it became a thing. I often feel a sting of shame when I talk on the phone with my patients' family members because I know I would never be as controlled and gracious as they are if the situation were reversed. I encouraged my sweet husband, an electronic technician, 
to work in the pits of the World Trade Center on 9-11, 19 years ago. He subsequently developed cancer. Must I now be in the thick of things, bring this virus home and finish him off? But for all my outrage bravado, there is one deniable truth. I am as scared as you are. I'm scared I will make a mistake, that I will miss a subtle sign that could have given a patient another day. I'm scared someone has pain I can't see to help alleviate it. I'm scared that I won't know how to support a terrified wife or daughter in the way she needs to be comforted, that I will let my own indignation about being overworked and afraid stand in the way of kindness. But my biggest fear is that I will not have to let someone you love die alone. So far, I haven't had that happen, but it is the last thought in my head as I struggle to sleep every night. When I hear the applause that rings out nightly in support of healthcare workers, I do an inventory of all my frustrations and all my shortcomings, and I think, I don't deserve this. But I guess that's beside the point. The point is the people in my care. So here's what I can do and what I do every single night. I try to humanize every person in the ICU. I talk to them when I suction their endotracheal tube or when I turn them in to prevent their skin from breaking down from lying in bed for so long. I bathe them and as soon as I do, I imagine their limbs springing back to life after all of this is over. I move their arms and legs and quick passive exercises so that the ordeal of lying motionless doesn't leave them with muscle contractions or limited mobility if they do recover. As out of my depth and as flawed as I am, I can promise you one thing. I'll try my best. I'll continue to sneak in a foot rub for the person you love and wash their face and stroke their hair. I won't let my fear, anger, and anxiety overtake me. I'll try to communicate wordlessly to your loved one that they are loved, valued, and appreciated. I can't tell you when this madness will end, but I can tell you that we are all trying the hardest we ever have. That's something you can count on. Wow. That is a real letter from a nurse in a New York City hospital. So when you see their smiling faces on TV and you applaud them and honor them, just know that they're human beings just like you and I, that they're not superheroes. They're just on the front lines with their true feelings and true ways of caring for others. And we are so lucky to have them because they're just really like you and me. So I just wanted to share this with you and um, I wanted you to hear the words of a nurse on the front line and how she really feels her deepest feelings about the coronavirus. This is Kathy Bacon, and you've been listening to Good News Today. We are all in this together. <laughs>